Welcome back to Home Design Chat with Nancy. We're all about your home. Every week we talk about your kitchens, your baths, your tile, your appliances. You name it and we chat about it. Well, as I've said before, I catalog my shows by date and today is April 21st. And we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, and that's sustainability. Our guest today is Christine Sterling, and she is a client experience manager with ImageCraft. And I love that title. So, Christine, thank you for stopping by. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Nancy. I love this, that we're going to be talking about sustainability. It's near and dear to my heart. Good. And I think to most people, too, because they're starting to really think about the future. But first, I want you to explain what you do for that title, Client Experience Manager. I love it. Absolutely. So basically, it encompasses everything from start to finish for our clients. So it starts with the salespeople and the quote and, you know, offering different substrates and um, solutions to their needs to the project managers, making sure that that project is on time, installers, um, make sure production is is going through on time. Um, and then, like I said, install um, and to the final, you know, the invoicing. So it's it's the whole experience for the client. So you be a project manager maybe for the products, right, or for your clients. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, We did have uh, Brent on the a couple of weeks ago for ImageCraft, and so if you're interested in what Christine's company is doing, then go back a couple of weeks and listen to that podcast. That was real interesting, too, especially some of the products you have, like your acoustical wallpaper. Right. And and I'm not going to talk about that because if you guys are interested in that, which I think is a great product, just go look back at some of the podcasts. And while you're at it, listen to most of them. Why not? Listen to all of them. There you go. So first of all, how did you get so involved in sustainability? You know, I actually started at a young age. Um, I lived on a small farm. It wasn't huge, but we had ducks and chickens and goats and horse and turkeys and um, rabbits. and, And we had a huge garden. Our garden was an acre plus. So we grew all of our own vegetables. Um, and then, of course, when fall came, we would can and freeze our vegetables. Um, so we ate them all winter. My dad would hunt uh, deer and we would eat venison, um, which I'm not a fan of now mm-hmm. as an adult. Um, so we actually, you know, we did what we had to do. We had, you know, I had four sisters, so there was five kids in that house. So you know, my parents had to do what they had to do. And, and it just was kind of ingrained in me. If you can do it, you know, why can't, why shouldn't you? Um, especially with five of us, right. All girls, we recycled our clothes. It went all the way down the line. Um, and then what we didn't have, we went to the the secondhand store and picked them up because why buy new, you know? Well, I agree with you because I think years ago, I also was the um, the recipient of hand-me-downs or everybody got all of our clothes. I mean, it was full circle. I remember when I had my first child, I got two boxes of baby clothes from friends that had been used by their kids. And what's wrong with that? There's nothing. Especially no. if if you can get somebody to give you a crib or a carriage or whatever uh, so you don't have to buy new. And then when right. you're finished with it, pass it on. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There isn't. Um, I mean, we even went to the point where, you know, the little kids, we were doing cloth diapers. We weren't even doing pampers. 
Oh, I do cloth diapers with my kids. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, just all about being sustainable and, you know, helping the earth. Yeah. Not putting well, all the stuff in the, in, the, in the garbage dump, so... There's something to be said about cloth diapers because how many times do you go to a parking lot and you'll see a a, a paper diaper, not, yeah, a paper diaper used, rolled up, and these people leave it all over yep. the parking lot. Yep. Yeah, and it's disgusting. While we're talking about that, uh, they're saying that we're being um, kind of deluged with used masks that people just throw all over. Yep. No matter where they are, they'll get rid of their mask. They just throw it on the ground. People are rude. They're pigs. Yep. Plain and simple. You know, let's call it the way it is. <laughs> so are you, well, we all, I think, kind of grew up. I didn't, I didn't grow up on a farm. I grew up in a city. And so we did go to the supermarket a lot, but we did other things to recycle what we had, you know, always passing it on. Mm-hmm. But Actually, what is sustainability for the people who don't really understand? Well, I mean, really, it's just about meeting our needs without compromising the ability of the future generations. Um, so it's it's doing your what you can do. Like, you know, you don't have to do it all, but it's just doing something that's going to help, like, for generations to come. You know, keep yeah. the earth the way it was intended, you know, make the earth go around. I mean, if you look at all the documentaries on the oceans and how much plastic is in there, and I mean, it's so simple to go buy a, those stainless steel straws and you can reuse those. You yeah. know, that's a simple little thing that you can help, um, you know, with the earth. But, you know, in addition to the, the natural resources, we also need social and economic resources. So, that's basically kind of what it is in a nutshell. It's just basically, um, you know, not compromising our future generations yeah. and doing what we have to do, what, what we need to do. So let's talk about specifically in a business, and I know you've been a, a proponent of sustainability in your workplace. So what changes or what suggestions have you made to ImageCraft? Well, it was funny because when I got there uh, two years ago, actually, on uh, the 22nd, um, they had bins for recycled paper, but we didn't have bins for recycled things in the kitchen, like the plastic bags or the containers. Or So we, we implemented that. We had got recycled garbage containers uh, for outside for the products that we could recycle, We've changed our light bulbs to LED. Um, We've added a a compactor for the cardboard. Um, We have automatic lights in certain areas that we've implemented. We've done the window tinting in the shades to, you know, to keep, to keep the light out. Um, We, our roof is painted white. So it reflects the the sun. We've also added solar panels. Um, We do have plants on the inside to help with the air. Um, We've gone to um, secondhand stores for miscellaneous equipment supplies and and the, the supplies that we've had that we're not we're not using any longer. We've donated those, um, so that kind of helps with the environment too. Um, so that's, that's. Do you all. find a lot of businesses that you visit or people that you know have also done this? And for the people who don't know, we're talking about Phoenix because that's where. Uh, we are. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, you might not be able to do this in uh, Chicago or in Kansas City, but these are the things that, that Christine is doing 
or helping uh, ImageCraft be sustainable. So, uh, so my question was, have you seen a lot of businesses in Phoenix also go along with sustainability and changing things? You know, I, I, um, so we have our Phoenix business, uh, we're a green leader, and there's only 103 that have the platinum certificate. Um, so it's not a whole lot, but I, I just think it's all about education. I, I just think that they just don't know, you know, maybe to put in that, um, that hot water tank that's, um, insulated or to change out the light bulbs or, you know, cause a lot of times you just kind of go with the flow and you're just, you know, maintaining day after day and they, people just don't realize yeah. to change that out. So I, 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 you know, I would say, 30 to 40 percent of the businesses are right now and I, I think it could be a lot higher yeah well I know let's switch over to residential and if we go mm-hmm. um, item by item let's start with um, recycling yes uh, there are this is weird but there are some towns uh, I live in a town that recycles everything but glass and then there are other towns that will recycle glass. I almost want to take my glass and bring it over to that town. Right. For some reason, each town sets their rules for recycling. That doesn't make sense to me. No, that doesn't make any sense to me either. But uh, we were given, well, we have a big bin that we put out once a week, and that's for recycled goods. And they will every once in a while send a memo or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not to be used for garbage. Uh, this is used for these certain items that we recycle. And I think there are a lot of people I know specifically, there are people that will say, we don't want to bother doing that. I'm sure. So what do you do when you're in somebody's house and you see blatantly that they're not recycling? <laughs> <laughs> what is your reaction? Well, it's funny because you met me, right? So yeah, I know you. <laughs> I am not shy, so I would call them out on it. Wait, what? You're not you're not recycling that? Um, yeah, no, I would totally call them out on that, but that's just how I am. But because it, it, to me, it's important. I mean, it, I think everyone needs to do what they can do to help the environment. So even if it's recycling, I think it's important. Like even at your old cell phones or your old computers and laptops, like in Scottsdale, they do a recycling. I think it's once every two months that they do electronics recycling, take it there and recycle it. Well, do Um, you think that it's known enough because sometimes I want to recycle something and I have a heck of a time trying to find out where, uh, where I should bring it? Well, you know, your your first resource is your city. If you go on their website, they'll tell you when they're having these these recycling events or even like the paper shredding events. I mean, they'll tell you when they're having these events. And of course, last year was totally weird and everything was on pause, but that's your number one source is going through the city. And then they have links. And, you know, especially in Phoenix, oh my gosh, they, they really do a lot um, in the city of Phoenix. Okay. Well, my daughter has been here where I've said, yeah, we don't recycle glass. Yeah, we just throw it away. And she'll say, well, my town recycles it, so she'll take it home. So there's yeah. no there's no reason why pay, people can't network right. on their recycling items. Yeah, you can do that. There's that next door app. Go on there. Yeah. You know? Or just, or just take your, whatever your town doesn't recycle, just put it in a non-plastic bag and bring it to another town that you know needs that. Exactly. Now, uh, I want to talk about the LED bulbs. Mm-hmm. I talk about LEDs constantly, mm-hmm. especially when I'm talking about lighting in kitchens or 
throughout your house. I also um, have a guest, and we talk constantly about LED lights. And they are, what a game changer that's been. Because number one, I keep saying, if you haven't migrated from your incandescent to your LED lights, what are you waiting for? Right. You don't have to change the bulbs for 20 years. Okay, they're a little more expensive than your 59-cent bulb um, that you find in the supermarket, but there's got to be a point where you say, well, this is worth it. I don't have to climb on a ladder to change a bowl because it's going to last 20 years. And the right. other good thing, and I love LED, so I'm going to chat about that. The other thing is you can actually specify the Kelvins, the level of Kelvins that you want to have in your house, whether it's a bright, bright blue light or a yellow light, which I don't like. So go for I always say 3,500 Kelvin, and that's kind of mid-range. But you can't do that with incandescent. So right. for Pete's sake, people, switch over to the LED lights. Oh, and you're going to see a savings in your electric bill. Oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. That's a win-win. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is a compactor. And mm -hmm. I can see a compactor. It actually came with my house mm -hmm. 43 years ago. They put a compactor in. Um, truthfully, I haven't specified a compactor in the past 20 years, uh, in kitchens, but actually what it does is compress all of your non-organic materials. So if you have tissue boxes or, uh, cereal boxes or anything made of cardboard, you just keep putting it in your compactor, push the button and it squishes it down, sort of like when they compress those cars. You know, when you see those big squares of cars that they've compressed. Right. So there's, um, there, you can have the compactor in your garage if you want to. Right. Or the other thing is you can stamp on, you know, stomp on the uh, boxes, get them flat, and then you can fill your bins for recycling. Well, that's what we do at home. We flatten all of our boxes, like from pizza boxes to, you know, any boxes, we flatten them all because we yeah, don't, yeah. don't have a compactor here, but at work we do, which is awesome. Yeah, and you don't want to bring all your stuff to work to come No, back. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let's talk solar panels. You think mm -hmm. they're good or bad? You know, I, I think they're good. I think they're, um, you know, you're definitely using the resource of the sun to help the, you know, I, I think if we didn't have the electricity, you know, the electric company involved, I think it would be better. But, you know, because I think they get a little jealous that we're getting, elect, you know, energy from another source besides them. Um, but I think they're good overall in the, in the, in the long run, they're good. So they're good in, in an area that has a lot of sun. Right. Yes. But what about Detroit? Do you know, Detroit has uh, six and a half days a week of gray clouds and no sun. That's so sad. Um, I don't think no. it would be beneficial there. I don't think it would be cost prohibitive to yeah. have that there. I mean, but, honestly, yeah, definitely. there's no return on your investment. No, there isn't. Oh. Well, I think it's time to uh, talk about Thermador. Thermador is a great appliance. They turned their whole factory into sustainability, into uh, actually years ago they did this. And so they recycle their water. They, they've just redone the whole factory. And if anybody wanted to know exactly what they did, I'd have to do research, but I've listened to a lot of their, um, their introductions of what they've done 
and this is based in Germany, so they wow. are uh, they are way ahead of the times. But um, as far as their appliances go, Thermador has introduced two new um, categories: the masterpiece and the professional collections. And they are two distinct design stories that provide necessary ingredients to require personalizing your home. So experience the unparalleled innovation and performance across the cooling, cooking, and dish care. They cover it all. Now featuring smart kitchen appliances enabled with Home Connect. And we'll talk about Home Connect at another podcast. But Thermador is luxury that lasts, empowered by design and led by innovation. So if you're more interested in Thermador, you'd like to learn more about it, you can easily go to thermador.com. So let's get back to what we can do in the residential areas that you've done in the commercial areas. And we've covered a lot of it, but what about automatic lights? Did you ever walk into, well, automatic lights and the touch technology for faucets and toilets. Have you seen Mm -hmm. any of these in residential surroundings? Um, I have not, no. I've seen it in a lot of businesses. Well... (laughs) (laughs) I, being a kitchen designer, I have been specifying the touch faucets probably for the past four years. Oh, yeah. And uh, the ones that I do specify are by Brizo, and you touch it. You can actually turn it on and then start controlling it by touching. And then if you wanted to turn it off for the night or if, you know, you want to leave the house for a week, you can actually turn it off verbally with the handle typically, but those are good because you're using the water when you need it. Mm-hmm. And they have them for filtered water faucets and also for bathroom and kitchens. Now, to be honest, I haven't done anything with automatic lights. How do you, how do they work? Basically, it's just, basically it works on uh, movement. So when it, it detects movement, the lights will go on. And if they detect no movement after a little while, they shut off. Yeah, and I noticed that uh, hospitals are changing all of their restrooms to the automatic lights, which is good because Mm -hmm. a lot of times people will walk out and you think, well, why did I leave the light on? You know, we always had the lights on. But it's another thing to touch. Yes, that's true. And especially with the pandemic, they're starting to think more about how to turn things on, how to, well, I mean, elevators, they, you have to push the button, but I've been pushing the button with my elbow just because I don't want to touch anything right, so, right. with the lights or anything else. And the automatic toilet flushing, they should have that in homes. Maybe they do, but definitely in um, industrial places, in public restrooms, they're doing more and more. But here's I've got to share this. Here's one of the things that irk me. You'll have a toilet that automatically flushes with movement. Mm-hmm. And I mean movement about getting off the seat. Right. Um, you can wash your hands by putting your hands under the faucet, and then it will automatically go on. And then they'll have the soap dispenser that you have to touch. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have sometimes the paper towel dispenser that you can use by just waving in front of it, or a lot of times you have to touch it. So there's a lot of um, contradiction there. And then sometimes you have to open the door on your way out. (laughs) Exactly. So what happens? You get the paper towel, you open the door, and then they're getting smart. They're putting the the bin right by the door. Right. Otherwise, you you used to see a whole bunch of paper on the floor. Yep. 
So, um, it, boy, it takes a while for people to really realize that they have to make changes to accommodate the situation. Well, it takes it takes a while to change behavior. Yeah, it does, uh, sadly. Yeah. Um, I'm all for a window tinting, shades, mm-hmm. shutters to keep out the cold as well as to keep out the heat. Have you done that at ImageCraft? Oh, yeah. So all of our windows are tinted, and we do have shades, and we also print on shades. So we have companies that will want us to print their logo or you know whatever their image is for their business. Um, actually, and we've done a couple for homes. So we've printed some uh, nice artwork on the shades for their houses. Are, now, is that material recycled or is it, what is it made of? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I have to get I back know. to you on that. Um, I want to say it's not made from recycled material, but it is recyclable. So, mm-hmm. um, but I, I couldn't tell you exactly because we have many different vendors. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, materials that are recycled. I just looked mm-hmm. up the coconut. Now, years ago, I was very involved with sustainability, and I was the designer for the first house in Scottsdale that was totally uh, sustainable, and it was created with styrofoam. And so they used a lot of green, quote-unquote, materials. Um, This happened to have no wood except the kitchen cabinets and the doors and door frames. Otherwise, everything was created with styrofoam. And at that time, yeah, it was actually the Siabi system, and they did documentaries on that, and it was on TV. It was quite interesting. And so when the person, um, it was done as a spec house, so there was a person who bought it, and he would constantly tell people how much money he was saving with his electric bill because it was like one-third of what the neighborhood was spending. So it was really very useful. But at the time, I was looking into a lot of sustainable materials, and coconut is one of those sustainable materials. And it's really interesting. Um, they make all sorts of um, wall coverings out of coconut. Mm-hmm. And so... I sent you the link. I think you'll find that interesting. I love coconut. So yeah, it's, that's awesome. Yeah. And you put texture on your wall by using the coconut, the recycled uh, shells or skins or however they do that. So that's another interesting item. Yeah, they Uh, have a lot of different things that you can make different products from recycled materials. Like we were just talking about water bottles. They're Mm -hmm. making jeans out of that. And our acoustic wallpaper is made from recycled bottles, water bottles. Yeah. I mean, and what about uh, the rubber tires? They're recycling right. them to for playgrounds yep. for kids. Uh, that all makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about plants. One of my favorite hobbies, plants. Why is that good for the environment? Well, because it's, it's um, promoting better oxygen in your area, especially if you're in a business area. Um, it just, it's healthier for you. It makes you feel better. Don't you feel bad when those plants die, though? I do. (laughs) So my suggestion would be to look for the plants that take as little care as possible. One of them is the snake plant. I know that for a fact because, Mm. um, and it's coming back in popularity. Um, For those of you really into plants, I think it's called the Sansevieria, but it's a very contemporary-looking plant, and it comes in all different sizes. And that will 
add to your decor as well as your environment. So I agree with you. I think plants are a good thing. And when you look at a room without plants, doesn't it feel like, hey, it's missing something? Oh, yeah, totally. It needs some personality. Yep. It kind of softens everything, makes it feel homey. So we were talking before about uh, passing out or passing down or reusing clothes from other people. Mm -hmm. So um, do you still do that? I do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I donate a lot of my son's clothes. I go, I still go to the secondhand store and, uh, or a consignment store and buy my clothes. I think a lot of people do maybe because of the pandemic, um, and so many people being out of work, that is a good place to go. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I know I go to Salvation Army and there's Goodwill and I'm sure there's other places, St. Vincent de Paul. Um, but you're also helping those organizations. So by oh, actually, yeah. yeah, giving your clothes to them and then they sell them for very little. Yep. Um, and so we're helping everybody. We're helping uh, empty out our closets and decluttering and we're helping the organizations and we're helping the people who really need the items. And right. the other thing you can do is just typically donate to organizations that give these things away. I know there's an yep. organization you can donate your business clothes if you decide mm-hmm. you've outgrown them or you're not in that area anymore of working. You can donate them to uh, organizations that then pass them on to homeless people who are looking for jobs and they need some professional-looking clothes. And I think that's a good uh, one to get involved with. Yeah, I did that a couple of years ago. I donated three or four bags of suits because I don't wear suits anymore. Who wears so, suits yeah. in Arizona, right? I know. It's too hot. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, there's a couple of other things I looked up. How important do you think it is to turn your computer off totally at night when you're not using it? Oh, I think it's very important. I mean, granted, I mean, someone might say it's only a couple cents of electricity, but still, I mean, I unplug everything if I can unplug, you know, whatever I can unplug, I unplug because it's, it all adds up. I mean, that four or five cents is going to add up every day. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think we're getting to the point where we all have to say goodbye because I know you're busy and you have things to do, but I did want to talk about my other manufacturer of appliances who really does the same recycling and thinking green with their factories, and that's Monogram Appliances. And Monogram actually is, uh, uh, their corporate office is in Louisville, and I've been there several times, so they're very into recycling. Um, they have also two um, different collections. One is the minimalist collection and the other one is the statement collection, which is more traditional and the minimalist is more contemporary. If you want to learn more about Monogram, you have to go to monogram.com. Christine, this has been a joy. It's so, a pleasure. Thank you so I, much I, for having me. Oh, hey, anytime. I enjoy talking. As everybody knows, I love doing <laughs> podcasts and I enjoy talking. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show and I hope they subscribe and at least comment on the platform that they're using to listen to these podcasts. And don't forget to share them with your friends. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Christine, you could email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And the second note is that 
I have another podcast called Hugo Floss, and you can find that on uh, any of the other platforms, Anchor, Spotify, etc. And we talk about everything except design. So I hope everybody has a great day. Stay safe and enjoy. Enjoy.